Itin daf yud amud bet. Objects without soul. Chaspa ba'alma. And to understand, this is just another example of the Gemara, and I'm afraid this is going to be the case now for a few years. This is now five mesechtas that we're going to have in situations where it's almost embarrassing to, to, to talk about this Gemara. Uh, never mind the sugi, even the few lines we're learning, as I said yesterday, I think that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of Rishonim and Achronim written on those three lines. Uh, and it's not even possible, even if I spent the entire 24 hours between yesterday and this morning going through the sugya, I wouldn't touch the surface. So how are we even talking about what, With what authority, with what qualification have we even got to talk about it? Because it's going to be that feeling of, of limitation over the next five receptors, uh, that, that there's just so much on it and it's, it's, it's so deep and complex and beautiful. So we can just do the best we can to take angles, facets of it, and to be able to understand those facets well. And to understand this Gemara, it is a continuation of the, of the one that we had earlier in the Masechta on, on history or art. And when we were talking about history or art, you remember we were talking about the difference between an, an object or a document uh, which, whose main function is to r- record something, to tell us about an event that occurred. Uh, in photography, you can have a photograph, which is a journalistic photograph. It's there to record an event. It tells you that it was uh, that it was there, and you have a work of art. I was uh, watching a talk on, on photography the other day where a very famous photographer that was once asked to do wedding photographs, he was asked to do uh, photographs at a chasana, and he photographed the ashtrays on the table, and he photographed the clouds in the sky, uh, and, and he then gave them to the Chosna Kalu, actually were very thrilled with it, but that was works of art. And one could imagine them saying, we didn't hire you to create a work of art, we hired you to record the event. Uh, mostly when you have a photographer at the, at the wedding, is there to record the event. Uh, and very often the, the photographer pushes the Masada Kiddushin around. Stand here, move there, I need to get a better shot. And uh, You're just recording an event, you're just recording. The event is the Siddur Kiddushin, that's the actual event. When the, when the Ica becomes the Tofel and the Tofel becomes the Ica, the main thing becomes uh, mixed up with the, with the sideshow. Uh, so one has to clarify, is this a piece of photography that is recording an event, a piece of journalistic photography, or is it a, a work of art in its, in its own right? It actually makes you feel something, nostalgia or familiarity or curiosity or excitement or love or whatever. Because a photograph has the capacity to do that, as does a work of art. What happens when artificial intelligence gets back? You can see it's on my mind, this artificial intelligence at the moment. What happens when artificial intelligence makes magnificent works of art, which it's already beginning to do? Uh, Is it going to be a work of art? Is it going to sell for the same as an original work of art? Which is close to the question of what is the difference between a really good reproduction and the original work? Why does the original work sell for millions and millions and the reproduction you can buy, even if it's a really good reproduction, you can buy it for a few hundred dollars. Why is it so much less? If it's about recording something, the reproduction does it just as well as the original. So what is that delta? What is the difference between the $500 you pay for a reproduction and the $10 million you pay for the original? What is the difference between that nine million five hundred and five hundred thousand, whatever it is, Dollars. What is that difference for? What are you paying for? And we need to understand that objects also, so to say, have, have, can have an ashoma. There, there can be a soul to an object, and that soul can, can transmit an energy capable of affecting change. 
You can look at an incredible painting and it can move you. It can inspire you. It can change the way you think about something. It can change the way you see something. But then there are objects that don't have soul. They're just, they're just objects. Uh, and, and the same is with people. Uh, we always assume that everybody's got a Tzelem Elohim, everybody's an image of Hashem, and everybody's got an Hashem. It's not so simple. One can lose the Tzelem Elohim, and one can lose it temporarily in a particular given moment. One can be without Hashem. Uh, it's not that you're without Nefesh. You have a, live, a, a force of life in you, but it, you can be without Hashem at a given moment. And, and that understanding, it's the Hashem that gives the energy. And the difference in what you're paying for in the reproduction and the original is the Hashem. It, it's, it's the energy in it. And we've spoken before about that beautiful description, and I think it was Rav Steinzalt's very moving personal account of, of, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and his description of how the Lubavitcher Rebbe refused to get a letter, an electronic letter opener to make it easier for him to open his letters because he describes how in the act of the opening of the letter he accesses the neshama of the letter. You know, in the old days, you would, you would get a letter, you would notice the paper it was written on. You would notice the, every family would have its own kind of headed paper with its own little stylism on it. And uh, if a woman was writing a love letter, she might perfume the letter. And the man receives the letter and actually smells the perfume. And you, there's actually a transference of something physical. And you're looking at the handwriting, and you can see the firmness of the handwriting or the jitteriness of the handwriting. You're looking at something of the person. The person has put something of themselves into the object. And the recipient of the object is able to receive that something. There's a transference of energy. There's not just a transference of an object. And in, in the Shavuot Shir on Monday night that I gave here, we talked a lot about that whole idea of, of Kabbalah Satorah, that there was a physical transfer, that Hashem gave us the luchos, that Moshe held on to the luchos, and the Rebbein held on to the luchos, and for a moment they were both holding the luchos. And we talk, to, talk about when, when Moshe sees the, the Eger Azav, what happens? He breaks the luchos. How does he do that? Because by that time we're told the letters had already flown up to Shemayim. All he was left with was the, the body of the luchos. Now that body of the luchos you might put into the British Museum. If it survived, you might put it in the British Museum and people would spend days and days in lines to go and see the luchos. But they're nothing, they're meaningless. Uh, because the energy in them is no longer there. They're just an object. They're what in our sugi is called chaspa ba'alma, a meaningless piece of clay. And to understand the difference between a meaningless piece of clay and the luchos habris with all its kedusha, a meaningless piece of clay and something that's inscribed on the clay that has energy, that, that communicates much more than the clay. That's what is important to understand between the lines of this, of this piece of Gemara. So let's have a look at the Mishnah and the Gemara. The Mishnah says, this is the, 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 the Mishnah which we had referenced to Daf earlier. This is the actual source of that of the Mishnah, that any star, any document which comes through the non-Jewish legal system, even if non-Jewish witnesses are signed on that document, it's kosher. Except for getting a, a, a get of marriage and divorce, or a get of freeing a slave. Says the Gemara, The Mishnah just says a general statement, all documents, excepting for Gitin, all documents. But um, 
Does that include matana? Does that include a document that, that was given as a, as a gift? And we'll see why the difference. I understand a sales document. What actually affects the Kenyan of a sale? When you buy a field, you hand over the money, the field is transferred. That's the handover. What is the document? The document is just information. It, it, it's, it's, it's just information. It's like the reproduction of the artwork. The artwork is the handing over of the money. That's what actually makes the change. The reproduction is just information. It just records what, what, what there was, what, 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 what happened. And so here too, the, I understand that a document that comes through the secular legal system is valid information. I can assume that a judge would not certify a document where he wasn't satisfied that the witnesses actually saw a transfer of money. But in a matona, when you're giving a gift and you're using a star as, as the, 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 the object that, that affects the gift, when you give the star, that's it. What actually affects the gift? This is, this is a star with non-Jewish... Witnesses coming out of a, a non-Jewish legal system, it doesn't have a Jewish neshama. It doesn't have a soul. It's a star without a soul. And what is it? A, a star without a soul? A high star, It's a piece of clay. That star is just a piece of clay, and you've got to see it. It has no energy. Uh, it's 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 clay. It's not even paper. It's it's the best kind of star. Technically, it's the best kind of star you could have. We'll see the, at the bottom, the Gemara in Kiddushin says, mm-hmm. The way they would ca- write Shtarot is either on paper, which was expensive, or on cheres, on, on clay, which was recyclable um, in, 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 some, in some way or another. But still, a cheres is a, a real physical object, so technically this is a great star. Look at a beautiful piece of clay. Written in a way that's permanent, it's not going to rub out, it's not going to erase, it's engraved and baked into the clay. How much better a star could there be? It's better, it's just, it's just clay. We mean just clay, how much better can you have than clay? It has no meaning. And we need to become better at not being impressed by objects that are just informational and have no meaning. And the concern is we're living in a, a life, we're living in a time where everything we're interacting with is chaspa ba'alma. It's just a thing. It has no meaning. And, and that applies to everything we do. We can greet somebody in a way that is chaspa ba'alma. It's just a courtesy. Or it can be a greeting where you're transferring energy, where you're actually inspiring somebody. That's different. You can say thank you to somebody where the thank you is just a, a, something that you do. It's chaspa ba'alma. You've done it. Technically, it's fine. It's got all, it checks all the boxes. But it's chaspa ba'alma. It doesn't have neshama. It doesn't have soul. It doesn't have meaning. And in everything we do, we should... This, we're talking about communication. We're talking about a document. What's more dry than a legal document? And we're saying there are two kinds of legal documents. One doesn't need a soul. But the other does need a soul. And if it doesn't have a soul, it's chaspa ba'alma. And so it is with, 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 with information. We receive an email that has no soul. Receive a text message, it has no soul. The emojis, they try and put a bit of soul with, with, with emojis into it. Why, otherwise, why make emojis? I don't know, give it a bit of soul, but it's not soul. It's just somebody clicking. It's just information. And we, we're getting used to a diet that is starved of soul. 
We're what we're eating in our food as well. We're eating chaspa ba'alma. We're consuming chaspa ba'alma. The information we consume, the knowledge we consume, the, the personal interactions we consume. Chaspa ba'alma. It's just objects. It's just things. Rashi goes into expl- to explaining it that Ela Matongo, the Ayadea Ashtar who cannot tell him Sirat Ashtar, Hechimekanya Ashtar Chaspa Balma. How can this document affect a changed status? How can it affect a gift when, it, when it's just Chaspa Balma? It has no soul. And the Gemara goes into answer, answering it. The Rambam also in the Perish HaMishnais. A normal shtar mechira, where you're giving information, a, a judge signs off on the document. A judge signs off on the document, and with that signature, he gives validity to the shtar. It's valid. The information is good. Um, and says the Rambam also, the Edim have to say, we saw the, the handing of, of, of the money. So it recreates the event. If you're recreating the event, then the star is complete from an informational perspective, but not from the perspective of something that can affect change. The, 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 the run is very clear on that. Kivan de Kimlan de Kushta, this is the Rambam, with Kivan de Kimlan de Kushta Kamri, the Lavar in the case of a regular document, as long as we are sure, it's like the Tashbets that we did uh, two days ago, that as long as we are sure that we trust the system, if we trust the system, then this document gives me the information I need. I'm not worried about the information. But I have to be able to trust the system. And, and the... the uh, and others say it's, it's conditional on being able, the Rambam says, in fact, uh, that it's conditional on... People trusting the system, believing that the system isn't corrupt. There was a study called the Edelman Trust Index that comes out, I think, every year, and that came out with the 2022 study, and it finds trust in institutions is lower than it's been for decades. Uh, there's not trust in the government, there's not trust in media, there's not trust in the legal system, and, and what that means to a society. If you don't trust the system, then you've got a problem even with the information. Is this fake news or is this real news? But here with the Shtar Matona, we're not talking about the system. We're not talking about information. We're talking about, is this powerful enough to affect change? Or is this just chaspe Um and, and therefore, says the, uh, says the run, even if he didn't actually see the money being transferred from one to the other in the case of a Shtar Raya, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We have the information. But when it comes to a Shtar Matana, it's got to be, there's got to be something alive. And the, the last point that's important to understand is why the alien? So think of the difference between knowing the facts of the Holocaust. I think all of us know the facts of the Holocaust. We've read about it, we've studied it, we've read it, we know the facts. But when an AIDS tells you, when you're listening to a Holocaust survivor telling you their story, what's the difference? What is that person telling you? What is that person telling you that you didn't know before? Nothing, there's no new information. It's not about information. It's about the capacity of an observer, somebody who was there, who was part of the event, communicating to you what that felt like. 
So you have the feeling from somebody who was there, you can transfer, human beings can do that. We can transfer experience to one another, provided we had the experience. And for a non-Jewish aide, a non-Jewish observer, he's not part of the whole lomdas. He doesn't understand the meaning of a shtar. He doesn't understand the lishmo of a shtar. He doesn't understand the way shtarot work and the way shtarot operate. He doesn't understand that. And that's why you need the Adim have to be people who were part of it. Imagine a non-Jewish person who wasn't part of the Holocaust, but he lived at that time, tells you the story. But it's interesting, but it doesn't impact the same way as somebody who lived it, who went through it. When we need an aid on the Shtar, where the Shtar has to be a work of art in the sense that it has to affect change, it has to do something in the world, it has to be active in the world. When the Shtar has to do that, we need Adim who were part of the event. Adim who saw it, who were there, who observed it, who were able to transmit that awareness of the event to the people that are um, that, that need it. That's the, the meaning of, of a shtar kinyan, a shtar kinyan having to be much more than a shtar raya, and that a shtar kinyan, which doesn't have the necessary meaning and content, becomes chaspa ba'alma, becomes an empty, soulless piece of pottery.